chapter sixteen of blackthorn farm by arthur applin this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter sixteen you've killed him again the dull boom echoed over the moorland in a few minutes the hill would be swarming with warders searching for them rupert felt a thrill of excitement the first thrill he had experienced for many weeks curious thoughts and memories flashed through his brain as he raced along shoulder to shoulder with convict three o three who kept closely to his side in spite of the steep ascent he remembered as a boy hunting with a pack of harriers which sometimes met at the hall he used to ride a rough moorland pony this thrill of being hunted was somewhat similar to the thrill of hunting as a boy he had always had a sneaking sympathy with the quarry and a vague hope he was always ashamed to express that it might escape he understood now it was far finer to be hunted than to hunt we'll cheat them number three o three never fear he cried to his comrade keep your pecker up man i'm all right the convict panted but i can't keep this pace up for long they had entered the thick pall of fog and presently rupert stopped in order to regain his breath they stood close together touching one another listening at first they heard nothing but the sobbing of their own breath and the beating of their own hearts and they could see nothing the blessed fog shut everything out from sight rocks walls roads hills and valleys if only this lasts rupert whispered where shall we make for number three o three asked plymouth ain't far from here is it and that's a seaport town rupert turned and looked into the blue eyes of his comrade he laid his hand on his shoulder man you don't expect to get right away do you it has never been done and never will be done i was born on these moorlands i know every stick and stone and bush on them even if i wanted to i couldn't get away even if you wanted to number three o three hissed what do you mean what sort of a game is it you're playing hide-and-seek or puss in the corner he broke off suddenly and rupert's grip tightened on his shoulder the silence was broken on the still air they heard the sound of a horse galloping along the distant road in the valley somewhere below them they held their breath and listened intently the sound grew nearer and nearer for a few seconds it seemed as if the speed of the horse was checked then to the relief of both men the sounds became fainter and fainter gradually dying away a mounted warder galloping to post bridge to cut us off in that direction rupert said we must stick to the tors while the fog lasts they can't leave the roads or bridle paths again they commenced to struggle up the steep ascent keeping along the edge of the water course where are you making for number three o three demanded wisman's wood the other side of the dart a good place to hide if the fog lifts ain't no use hiding the convict objected we must find a farm or a cottage where we can get a change of clothing and food then we must get a chance of slipping away you say you know the moorland then you must know the folk on it ain't there some one who would help us or somewhere where we could hide ourselves this is life or death remember rupert nodded and once again he slackened speed and stopped listen three o three i don't want to escape because i know it's impossible all i hope is to get on the other side of post bridge to blackthorn farm to my home his voice faltered a moment at the last word there is something i want to say to my father if he's still alive something i must say it's a matter of life or death to him perhaps and to my sister when i've done that delivered my message why then i shall give myself up 
the muscles about 303's face contracted his blue eyes clouded for a little while he was silent turning over in his mind what rupert had said you're balmy he growled eventually crikey what a chance why if you gets home they'll hide you won't they give you food and clothes and money and i'll jolly well see that i gets the same too we're going to see this thing through together rupert sighed and shook his head follow me if you like but it's not a bit of good my father will give us both up he looked at 303 sadly for months perhaps for years he knew this convict had only thought of and planned escape dreamed of it day and night the taste of freedom that was sweet in his mouth already he could not believe that they would not get clear away it was no use trying to persuade him that he was attempting the impossible i'll stand by you he replied i'll do what i can to help you but it's no use talking come along presently they came to a high stone wall and rupert uttered an exclamation of joy we're just above wisman's wood and this is the great wall that runs from bear down to rough tor which is past postbridge hall it will be easy going now and if the fog lifts the wall will help to conceal us from anyone on the road below they started off again at a good pace they had not gone for more than half a mile when they both stopped simultaneously the sound of a voice had come out of the fog far above them they listened it came again a faint shout they were straining their ears in the intense silence presently they heard a pony's iron-shod hoofs striking on the granite a moment later another shout nearer than the first mounted warders on the tor above us rupert whispered quick get over the wall we must hide until they're gone as they climbed the wall a large stone was displaced and went rolling and bounding down the hillside then just as they jumped to the ground there was a sudden puff of wind and the cloud of fog rolled away almost as if it were a great white blanket withdrawn by invisible hands and there on the tor above them rupert saw clearly outlined against the sky two horsemen about three hundred yards apart by god we're done three o three cried the mounted warders raised a shout and jabbing their heels into their pony sides commenced to gallop down the hill we must make a run for it rupert said there's fog still in the valley before he finished speaking three o three had torn off like a hare leaping stumbling dashing first one way then another to avoid obstacles rupert followed twice three o three fell and each time rupert waited to lend him a hand once he glanced back and he saw the warders reach the wall they dismounted and one commenced to pull the stones off the wall to make a gap for his pony the other unslung his rifle and shouted to the flying convicts to stop or he would fire twice the warning came they were racing side by side now rupert heard himself laugh the sheltering pall of fog was not a hundred yards away now he set his teeth and flung back his head while he waited for the crack of the warder's carbines and the ping of the buckshot it came just as the kindly fog was about to envelop them again ten seconds more and they would have been safe perhaps the warder had the instincts of a sportsman perhaps he had purposely given them a run for their money but he had to do his duty he knew that if once they got into the fog again they would be lost so he fired he saw the right-hand man stumble then roll over and over like a shot rabbit until he lay quite still downwards on the heather 
before he could raise his carbine and fire again the other man had disappeared both warders let go their ponies stumbled over the wall and ran down the hillside to the fallen convict the man who had fired the shot stooped down and turned him over and he started and looked at his companion the convict's face was white as death blood was flowing from a wound on his forehead my god bill you've done it this time the second warder said you've killed him End of chapter 16